And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Mark Larson, thank you very much. In Southern California, good 2016 to you and welcome to the first edition of Rod and Reel Radio for this new year. Hey, I hope you're all footballed out and you're ready to talk and hear a little bit about some of the fishing activities that are happening around the Southern California area tonight. And we do have a great show lined up for you tonight. Right out of the slot, we're going to bring on Eric Bent. He's the director of the Saltwater Bass Fishing Association, more commonly known as the SWBA. They had a most successful 2015 season. They're looking for even bigger and better things to happen in 2016. So we'll be talking with Eric. And then at 6 o'clock, Hey, have you ever wondered what's happening to BASS? Or, you know, have you thought, where is it going? Well, we're going to have the guy that runs the whole kit and caboodle. Mr. Jerry McGinnis is going to be with us. Not only is Jerry part owner of BASS, or Bass Masters, he's also a TV star and the author of the new book, Bass Fishing, Brown Dogs, and Curveballs. Jerry will be with us. And then again tonight, Phil Freeman will join us and still Captain James Nelson. So we got a full card set up for you tonight. But before we get everything going, let me first introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Real Radio. He's been with family over the holidays, but he's ready to go and start asking our, uh, our guests some great questions. He is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. <laughs> How are you doing, John? Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, everybody. Hey, good, happy New Year to you, Stan. We didn't get a chance to talk a lot during the holiday, but I hope you had a good one. I know you were traveling around, and it's great having you back on the show here. Well, you know, actually, it's great to be back. I went from long-range fishing on a 13-day, got back, went to Texas, came back to here, was here for about 12 uh, days, and then headed back to Texas and been there ever since, harassing Texas bass. And... uh and having the holiday season with my family, and now we're ready to rock and roll. Then the uh, fishing you... season's already going. It's good. The first tournament happened up here at Casitas yesterday, and I can tell you a little bit about that, and we'll go from there. All right. Hey, let me introduce you to in this 2006 season. 
She is the co-host of Ron Real Radio. She's a national sales manager for Iserline. She also represents many other fine uh, items in the fishing industry. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Happy New Year to all. And Stan, I hope you found a good pig spot for me down in Texas. <laughs> Wendy is asking, did you find any pigs for her down in Texas? I've got, I've got a couple of places to go now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wendy, we'll have to get you, uh, get you in contact with Pat Basler. He spent two weeks down there, and I think he'll be able to help you out. He and his, his uh, new fiance Tara, I know they got at least three and maybe four pigs while they were down there. So, uh, you know, get a hold of Pat, or I'll pass his number on to you. Great. That sounds really good. Yeah, I've been following him on Facebook. He looks like he's having a great time. Oh, he is. Hey, speaking about having a great time, you know, we talk a lot about the freshwater tournaments that are here in the Southern California area, but there are also a couple outstanding saltwater tournament series, and we've got the guy with one of the number one tournament series in Southern California. It's the Saltwater Bass Fishing Association. It's one of the directors, Mr. Eric Bent. Eric, welcome to the show. John, thanks for having me. Uh, Wendy, Stan, good to hear you guys. Hey, Ben, Eric. Nice to hear from you. Great, great. Uh, happy New Year, and 2016 is looking really, really promising. Oh, well, you know, before we get to 2016, let's look back a little bit at 2015 and beyond that. When you when you took uh, on this, uh, uh, this program called SWBA, How's it gone? Is it is it growing beyond your wildest anticipation, or are you going pretty much to schedule? <laughs> We've had the tiger by the tail. <laughs> it's been a good, it's it's been fun. It's been a wild ride, and uh, every year it, it, it's something different. Uh, it throws you a different curveball, and then it, the industry moves in a different direction, and the sport keeps progressing. And and you, you know, it's kind of like a, a ship out of control that you just try to steer it. And, uh, and it's been really fun. It's been a lot of fun. And the level of, uh, of talent has just risen dramatically in a lot. I mean, we're going on our 12th year or 13th year, and to wow. see where the sport has gone has just been amazing. You know, it's hard to believe that, Eric. I mean, it, it seems like it's just a year or two ago when you started because when we got the insurance going for the SWBA back when we were talking about, you know, how many boats and what kind of competition there would be, and it's really grown and grown. And now the enthusiasm really for our industry especially down here for the offshore angling, is really starting to grow in leaps and bounds. And I, I've watched it go from just a few to now you're getting real competitive with guys that are out and wow, all the raft boats are out there, all the pro anglers are out there, and it's really becoming a great sport. It really has. I think one thing, if I had to generalize it, it really helped in those cold water years to kind of keep some interest uh, going in, in the sport. You know, um, we had some tough, Pelagic seasons a few years back, and, and this really helped kind of carry us through a flat spell. And then obviously the last few years have been great. And so, um, you know, and, and, and then it just kind of took on a life of its own. Eric, well, you had so many you... anglers that do that. They've been fishing that saltwater, you know, the bay bass stuff, and, you know, all the guys that have fished the night tournaments along the, the breakwater. And uh, the, that's been around for a long, long time, and they just never had a circuit to, to really get involved with where everybody could go out and play. And now, and your circuit's just grown and grown and grown. It's been fun to watch. And the guys are really getting into it where the sponsors have really come into play, too, which is really important. Yeah, like you said, there are some rap boats and guys that are doing a lot of seminars and writing articles. And 
it's just it's taken a life of its own, and it's it's really been great. You know, um, and I don't know if you heard, but uh, you know, with Jerry Mayhew's been running the SBFs for several years now, and um, there's teams that are participating in both series, and every year it gets a little more challenging to come up with a creative uh, schedule. Um, you know, there's only so many weekends that are open, and there's only so many launch ramps from San Diego to Santa Barbara, and we we came together over the summer during our off season, and we kind of put our heads together and. We've combined forces in a way that we remain independent, but we're encouraging participation in each other's circuits. So essentially, to make a long story short, teams that want to qualify for our championship need to fish uh, an S- at least one SBS event and vice versa. The teams that are committing to the SBS series are going to need to fish at least one SB- SWBA event to qualify for them. And then we're actually going to take five teams from each circuit randomly and we're going to just give them a free hall pass to fish the other circuit. So that's been met with a lot of um, happy, you know, people and anglers because, you know, there's always this division of, okay, what, what series are we going to fish this year? Is it going to be one? Is it going to be both? Is it, and this just encourages everybody to kind of come together and, and work together, and it gives a lot more flexibility for people's busy schedules. Well, well we work with Jerry also, and, and his circuit's been growing just like yours has. And I think the combo of the two, to be able to – to make it work from two different sides is cool because that really gives the guys that they can't go. Some of them travel up and down the coast and they don't care. So other guys are kind of, well, I can only do so much and within a, a smaller framework. So that really opens it up to the guys that really can fish where they kind of want to pick and choose to qualify for the fish off. That's pretty great. Yeah. Jerry has his schedules uh, set up with a spotted bay bass only division. He's got a coastal uh, offshore division, and so essentially, you know, you can qualify for a championship now just by fishing spotted bay bass, you know, all year long. So that would be cool. Guys in smaller boats, and, and it's not just the guys that can, you know, run really far to the offshore islands or, or, or that. So we, we try to do it to benefit the entire spectrum of, of the participants. You know, Eric, what we've seen to, that that a, a team needs to win a tournament just seems to be some incredible weights uh, compared to just a few years ago. Uh, is this uh, maybe due to the El Nino that we've been talking about? Do you think the fishermen are are getting more skilled at targeting these species of fish, or is it a combination of both? You know, I'd have to say it's a combination of both. Um, you know, I've heard when the El Nino's gone, obviously the kelp is reduced, and a lot of times, you know, the, the, the fish don't have quite as much cover, so maybe it's a little bit easier in, in terms of calico bass specifically. Um, they may be, I don't want to say easier to target, but you have more options because you're not having to work around the kelp. You can actually go kind of either over it or where it used to be. Um, so maybe uh, during the El Nino summers, you might see an occasional uh, bigger fish, one or two. Um, it's interesting that you say that last year, um, that we the first time we ever had a tournament based out of uh, a, a land-based event, meaning out of Long Beach Harbor, we allowed Catalina to be inbounds, and that was um, I, it was in the middle of May, and the single heaviest uh, calico bass ever weighed in the tournament was caught by and Wendy will know this name uh, Carl Airbacker and Josh Dunlap. They're a longtime big hammer team, but they caught a 10.69 uh, calico bass, and that's in, in 12 or 13 years of running these tournaments, that's the biggest. Well, there was only one other 10-pounder caught. Um, but So, yeah, it, it seemed like it was definitely a big fish season, that was for sure. 
Well, you, you know, know, you're in for it, I think, again here. We're, we're still going to have that same effect, I think, this year. Um, we've still got the warmer water. The fish are still moving around quite a bit. And I think you're going to have that same El Nino influence this, this year. So, you know, that one, a 10-pound calico is just a horse. That's a real event when you get one. Uh, not everybody's ever had a chance at even close to a 10-pound calico bass. So, if you, yeah. you know, you, and I know there's been several sevens and some eights and, and even a nine or, or two caught here and there, but, you know, that 10-pound fish, it's still around. And we'll have to see how it goes this year. But the fun thing about it is you've got so many. It's not like, okay, the lakes have gotten smaller and the guys are really fishing tighter and everybody's using everybody else's spots. The ocean's got so much to go to, and there's so many little one, one-hole rocks that are out there that guys target and try to scrape up one fish here, one fish there. If you're going to the islands, it's a whole different story. But it really makes it exciting because these guys do their homework and if they're not in one spot and the current's not running here, you've got to go to the spot that's going when there's no current in one spot and there's maybe fish on another, which is, this is just time on the water, but your tournament circuits have really grown with the guys that have knowledge for this. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. But along with that, I think the industry has grown along with it in terms of, look at these, the number of weedless swim baits that are out there on the market. Um, look at lures like wax wings and now you're seeing surface irons that are custom painted specifically for calico colors and um, you know just reels and rods that are specifically designed for the, the inshore actions that are needed um, it's just it spawned a lot of, uh, of, of uh, marketability within the industry so that's been great no, Eric, well you know then they've had to make along with the guys that made the rods and reels for big tuna you know smaller reels old braided line that's a smaller diameter that have tons of drag and and lots of horsepower. They've had to use that same technology in the reels for offshore with the basically what you would have inshore bass reels, but something you can throw a little heavier bait on and still get the drag capacity and the pull power you need to get these things out of, and away from kelp and off the rock. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jerry, how uh, Eric, how are you? You know, we, you've got guys that have been fishing with you for, as you say, 10 or 12 years, and they're really experienced. But what are you offering to the uh, the teams that, let's say, you know, I really find this interesting, but, man, there are these guys that have been slamming it for a long time. How can I get involved? That's a good thing. You know, I really think I would encourage people to look at both of our schedules, you know, SBS fishing and SWBA fishing. Um the both schedules, you can kind of cherry pick what caters to your personal preferences, your personal boating, uh, the type of boat that you have, or just the targeted species. And we're going to have a nighttime event this year, and, and people really enjoy that. You know, there's a lot of, as um, Stan mentioned, there's kind of almost this whole subculture of people that, that just fish the breakwater strictly. And we're going to do that uh, towards the end of July, you know, the warmest time of the year, and usually that's a good big calico sand bass time. And We've got our spotty events that are going to be out of Chula Vista, and Jerry generally runs his uh, Mission Bay in San Diego as well as one out of Long Beach at Newport. So, you know, for people that use a lot of times a stepping stone, I don't want to take anything away from spotted bay bass fishing, but it seems like a stepping stone for smaller boats can be spotted bay bass, local inshore breakwater before you get a big enough boat to jump over to some of the islands. Uh, and again, not to say that that's, you know, any kind of pecking order there, but usually a way to kind of get into it and if you look at both our schedule and jerry's and you kind of want to pick and, and choose a, a couple just to get started and not commit to one whole entire season that would be a great jumping on point i think 
Well, we have Eric Bent. He is the director of the Saltwater Bass Fishing Association. And Eric, where can people go to find your schedule to see uh, exactly where you're fishing so they can start working up, you know, where they're going to fish with you? And when is your first event? Well, saltwaterbassanglers.com uh, is our website. You can find us on all the social media stuff. Um, our first regular season event will be February 6th. It's Spotted Bay Bass only out of Chula Vista Marina. And um, that's going to be an eight-hour event, so a lot of fun. Um, very user-friendly. And uh, check us out. We'd love to have you. Give me a call anytime. You can get a hold of me uh, through social media or on our website, and uh, we'll take care of you. We'll, we're going to have a new website launching here shortly, so... We'll give a whole new look to uh, what we're doing. Yeah, make sure you go to uh, Eric's uh, uh, website, and you can also find all the fine sponsors that uh, uh, make it possible for Eric to get on out there and do do the thing that he does the best, and that's putting on one of the best saltwater uh, tournament circuits here in Southern California. Hey, Eric, we appreciate the time for being with us, and thanks for cluing us in on the Saltwater Bass Fishing Association. Hey, likewise. If we can do anything, we're here, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Really appreciate it, you guys. All right. Hey, that was Eric Bent from the SWBA. Hey, we got to take a break right now, but coming up next, what the heck is Phil thinking with a voice of Phil Friedman Outdoors, Mr. Phil Friedman. Stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at 
www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. This segment of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. Hey, and I also want to give a special thank you to uh, Robert Schneider, owner of Phoenix Lords up in Marietta, California. He's listening to us, too. Robert, thanks for pulling yourself away from the football games to listen to us. There is a second half tonight, and I know I'll be watching, too. Hey, guys, it's time for the portion of the show that we call What the Heck is Phil Thinking? with the voice and host of PFO Radio, Phil Friedman. Phil, how you doing tonight? Doing good, John and Stan and Wendy and all the great folks out there. It's really great to be with you. Happy New Year. Hey, thank you, Phil. I, I guess now that the winter's here and everything like that, it's time to uh, put our poles and rods away, shine them up, get ready to, for springtime because, you know, it, it's winter. No fishing out there, is there? Uh, you know, we've got a lot to talk about, but I've got to say I'm amazed that you're not torturing me over the great Notre Dame game. <laughs> I was going to bring that up, but I figured I wouldn't. <laughs> I knew you would, Stan. I know you have someone to commiserate with because of the great SC game. So, uh, I, I, you know, I know how you feel. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. I think their defense is not up to par. I was talking to Aaron Taylor. He went there and played under Holtz, and he won a, a Super Bowl at the Packers, and he played down there in San Diego also. And we both agreed, and, and uh, their defense just is not quite there. But with all the injuries and everything, they gave it their all. And, uh, hey, next season, we'll just be waiting for another season. Okay, well, prognosticator, who's going to win the, the national championship? Wow, I think probably Bama. They're, they're very tough. They seem to be coming on right at the right time, and they look very, very tough. Clemson's a good team, so we'll just have to hang on and see. But it looks like Bama's got that thing. Wendy, how about you? Uh, do you care who wins the uh, college uh, national championships? Or are you going to be out there looking for something to kill? I'm going to be looking for something to kill. <laughs> <laughs> That's our Wendy. We can depend on her. <laughs> Even if it's a wild pismo clam, you're going to be out there to get them. <laughs> That's right. Well, I got to eat. <laughs> hey, Phil, you know, we were kidding around. Uh, 
considering the time of the year, you look at the calendar, it's the first week of January, there are still some pretty sensational things happening off our Southern California coast. No kidding. And off the Baja coast also, the San Diego fleet with the rockfish closure in Southern California, turning their attention to Baja where rockfish is still open. But, man, I mean, it's not only rockfish down there at Colinette, which is about a 120-mile run for the boys. They go down there on day-and-a-half trips. But it is wide-open yellowtail and big fish, 18- to 25-pounders, biting the dropper loop. And as Stan likes to point out, fish that 50-, 60-pound, they'll bite it and you'll need it on them. They bite the yo-yo iron really, really well. And knots of big lings and reds and just great combo fishing going on down there. So that bite in full swing. And once we get out of a little weather here, we're going to be dodging some storms for the good part of this week. But it looks like things might settle down for the weekend, which is when most of those guys head on down there. Coronado Islands, there's been some really good hits. There's been some slower days, but... Overall, those yellowtail are still around there, and if you get on the right sonar mark or find the right jag of fish, that also is really, really good. Dropper loop, mostly yo-yo iron, though, and, again, sinking that jig down deep when the captain tells you to go. I talked to several passengers who were out on the San Diego here a few days back, and they were saying, man, the guys that caught were the guys that got their jigs down there first and wound on them, and they consistently caught way more fish fishing the heavy line. There's even... Some yellows locally for the half-day boys. That got a little bit tougher, let's say, the last 48 hours. But previous to that, there was some pretty good hits. And uh, I just noticed the options. I don't have any details on their catch, but they just posted four really nice white sea bass. They run out of Pier Point Landing here oh, in nice. Long Beach, California. So maybe up there um, along the coast, they do fish up there a lot. And West does fish Catalina. I'm not exactly sure where. But there has been some big tanker white sea bass along the coast. In fact, the Redondo Special yesterday, John, with 20 nice yellowtail out of Redondo and a 58-11 white sea bass. Big old tanker sea bass. That's a big and beautiful fish. And uh, they've got producers there. Yes, Wendy. Hey, they're, they're, you know, and I was going to say, as soon as the storm um, blows through, I know there's one tonight and then there's one on Tuesday, but there's squid that's starting to show along our coast. Um, I know there's fish at, um, at uh, San Clemente. Um, I know I know a couple of guys that got them over at Clemente, but there's some that are on our coast right now, and you know it's real reachable. Maybe I don't I don't know about the San Diego area around La Jolla, La Jolla and Crystal Cove area, uh, Crystal Pier area, but uh, you know the L.A. Orange County area, and I'm pretty sure probably the Gaviota, Santa Barbara, uh, Summerlin-type areas uh, should be doing pretty good soon. Yeah, I agree. That's a great point, pointing out that squid's around. Sean Albee, who's the second skipper on the Oceanside 95, and I was talking to him. He had some squid down there out of Oceanside, and, oh, as of a few hours ago, he hadn't turned it into any sea bass, and he was really scratching his head. He's a really superior fisherman. But you're right, you know, that squid shows up, and, of course, that's just a magnet for all the predators to show up on it, and we're seeing those spots of squid up and down the coast, as you point out, and that really does look good. So, yeah, options. He could have caught it at Catalina. There's been squid there. There's been squid along the coast in the Santa Monica Bay and elsewhere. So that also looking good. And over at Catalina, man, that has been the epicenter of the best lobster fishing. And the Triton yesterday (laughs) out of L.A. waterfront sport fishing went to Catalina Island and had limits in short order, limits of lobster. It's been really, really good. 
It's Brighton and the Gale Force out of L.A. Waterfront have been going over there, and they've been doing these combo trips where they leave at noon, they get there, and they fish for rockfish, bass. Well, it was rockfish before the closer, but bass and that kind of thing. And then when the sun sets, they finish up on the lobster, and it has been really good. Hey, by the way, I know a commercial uh, lobster guy who fishes Santa Barbara Island with great frequency, and he tells me that SBI is just crawling, crawling with yellowtail. He said there are sheets of red crabs so thick that he can hardly see his buoys at times. But uh, he said that there is so much yellowtail at that island that it is mind-boggling. So that's looking really, really good also and good to hear. And I know, uh, Wendy, uh, your folks, Eisenline folks on the Intrepid have been catching some super big yellowfin tuna. They had Wahoo on the way down. That looked good. And Santa Ana River Lakes continues to impress. Andrew Deal just sent me a text from Andrew Deal Outdoors a moment ago, and he was there on Saturday and said he had really good trout fishing, surprisingly really good cat fishing. And I put a video up last night of these guys who caught and released a nice sturgeon at Santa Ana River Lake. So, John, like you said, it's time to clean up the gear, put it away, because there's really not that much going on. Give us more room to fish. You know, you were mentioning the red crabs on uh, New Year's Eve. Dr. Jim Harrell and I, we went off uh, that hard bottom off of Imperial Beach. We wanted to squeeze every bit of our 2015 fishing license that we could out of what we had. We went off Imperial Beach. The first thing we found were clouds and clouds and clouds of red crab down there. We uh, wound up uh, going out with uh, uh, Captain Bill Schaefer. Uh, he, we, he stopped counting at 50 fish. We were hoping maybe we could get some rockfish, and we got a few rockfish, but predominantly we were catching Johnny Bass. We were catching Calicos. We were fishing right in the middle of those clouds of the crab, and you wonder why would anything bite with those crabs? But we were spooning... Uh, 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 we were spooning deep spoons. Uh, I was using the Western Plastics uh, red crab bait. I was using the Spro uh, squid uh, a bucktail jig. Uh, we were using swim baits. It didn't make any difference. We got down there. Uh, we wound up bringing home our limits of big calicos and uh, sand bass. Uh, Captain Bill said that he thought our largest bag or our largest five fish went well over 17 pounds. So, you know, even though the rock fishing season might be closed, there still seems to be some great sand bass and, and fishing there for other species beside the rockfish. You know, that, wow. we were just talking about that with Eric Bent, that, you know, his, they had a spectacular year on the inshore fishing for the sand bass and, cal- and calico bass and, and the spotted bass this year with the Nino system. I told him it's not over we're still seeing warm water, and then you guys start talking about this. I'm just smiling away because it, it's going to be another, I think, banner year. We got who? We never get red crab in January. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. You're so right about that. We saw it when we were up there on the Pacific Islander, just so thick, and the fish kept biting wide open. You know, you're right. This wintertime sand bass fishing, John, I mean, how blessed are we? What a day. All those Johnny bass and calicos and sand bass. And we've got that same kind of situation here. It's for some of the guys that are a little bit more in the know. Uh, one guy, I'll tell you real quick, when Dave Dodge took me out not all that long ago, and Dave ran boats here for many, many, many years. 
Uh, in fact, Philip, my son, caught a sand bass that was well over 10 pounds when Philip was like six years old with him. But Dave took me out on a private boat once, and I looked in the wheelhouse, and I go, what's up with that, man, on your dash? And he goes, oh, they, they ripped all the electronics out, and they're, they're replacing it. And I'm like, okay. So Dave ran out probably four or five miles offshore, looking over his shoulder from time to time, using bearings like we used to do back in the old days of Christopher Columbus when I was a deckhead on the half-day boat. He anchored up using bearings, not using it. We didn't have a sonar, fathometer, or anything. And he said, you know, the rock should be, like, right there. And he pointed over in the corner. He made a couple casts. He snagged the rock. He goes, there it is. And, man, we just wailed on these big, giant sand bass. And it just never ceases to amaze me how good some of these guys are. And I agree with Stan and Wendy. I think, you know, with the squid and with the warmer water, with the red crabs, we are a long way from over. We may have to dodge a few storms, and thank God for the rain. We really need it here. But in the meantime, I think we're going to find some really, really good fishing. Well, I, I agree. I think, well, you know, the storms have got to come in anyhow. We need that net, that El Nino system is going to push in that moisture, and hopefully we get a lot of it between now and the end of March or even through April. Uh, help the local lakes to fill up because God knows we need the water. But the fishing, because the warmth of the water that's already there and, and the red crab, I mean, the one, one thing is the fish are just gorging themselves on this stuff. And they're getting big and fat, which is going to be better for catching part. Um, I think across the board, we're going to just see another banner year here uh, well, fishing in, off of California coastline and down through Mexico. Well, Stan, and when he talked about big and fat, if you go to uh, Rod and Reel Radio on Facebook, we posted a picture of a fisherman. Claims to have a calico bass that will break the world record. Now, we haven't been able to verify that or not, but from the pictures, it is still a humongous calico bass. So we hope to bring you the information on that and verification that if it is a world record, which is, I think, 1437 or something like that, that uh, there is indeed a, a fish that's been caught out there just this past week that will exceed that. Hey, now, Phil, next week, are you going to be with us? Because I know you're going to be busy with uh, a trip down to Takati. I'm going to try to call you from Mexico. I got my phone all set up to do that. 3,500 gift bags is what we put together down at Specialty Foods in San Diego today, and they will all be going across the border. Uh, Dia de Reyes, Day of the Kings, is actually Wednesday, but we'll be celebrating it in a packed stadium in Takati, 4,000 kids on Sunday. And hey, one thing about that calico bass, I saw that too. I didn't notice like a certified scale photo and I didn't notice any details. Am I wrong on that or did you see that? Yeah, there's no details other than a claim that it's a certain weight and it does yeah. look like a nice fish. Uh, but, uh, you know, what we'll uh, do is that if they do get in contact with us, we will make sure that they, they get a hold of Wendy or Merritt or one of these other people with any other substantiating information that they have. But needless to say, uh, from the looks of it, it's a really nice calico bass. Hey, Phil, if we want to uh, catch up on what's happening with uh, Phil Friedman uh, outdoors or uh, get a hold of your latest blog or tune in to your Mexican language broadcasts, how the best way to do it? Hey, but before I get to that, I do want to thank you very much. When I heard you say, speaking of big and fat, I thought you were going to take a shot at me. So thank you, John, for not. <laughs> you can get it at pforadio.com where we're updating all the latest fishing. Got videos for you. Great recipes 
Now, also, I shared my fish taco recipe and my ceviche recipe, and also www.aventurasaladelibre.com. That is our Spanish face or uh, Spanish website. We're on Facebook at Aventuras Alade Libre PFO, and we're on Spanish Radio AM 690, Fridays at 9 p.m., Sundays at 6 a.m., and we'll be bringing everybody all the very latest on our Internet page, www.pforadio.com, where you can submit a photo and win a prize right now. John, always a pleasure. Happy New Year to you, Wendy, Stan, and all your great listeners. As always, it's a great pleasure of mine to be with you. Well, thank you very much, Phil. And on this new year, the only thing I can say to you is, he who is without sin, let them cast the first stone. <laughs> I, I will second that. All right. Yeah, hey, Phil Friedman that. from Phil Friedman Outdoors. Thanks a lot for being with us, Phil, for one of the most comprehensive reports on what's happening in the California offshore area. Next, coming on up, care, we're gonna have, we'll have Captain James Nelson with the California Inshore Report. You're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM540 or at rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong circle hooks, Tuna hooks, ring the hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always Always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Uh, Rod Real Radio. You know, Stan and Wendy, we've been keeping track of what's happening with the Coastal Conservation Association. In fact, we are very proud 
that Wendy Toshihara is one of the directors of the association. But I got a note from Wayne Cotto, who is a California director, saying that the California Coastal Association, the CCA of California, is coming down to San Diego to start a chapter. Their really? first meeting is going to be Thursday, January the 21st, and they'll be meeting at the Carl Strauss Brewery in Sorrento Valley. The doors will open at 5 p.m. The meeting will go from 6 to 8. There'll be raffles. There'll be drawings. It should be a very interesting meeting, especially if you've heard a lot about what's happening with the CCA of California. Now's your time to check out with a meeting. If you want to find out more what's happening, you can get a hold of Wayne by going to WCOTO, it's K-O-T-O-W, at CCACalifornia.org. So the CCA is coming down to San Diego. You want to be part of it. Make sure you get to that meeting. We'll make a couple more announcements before that time happens. Wendy, I know you're probably eager to to get on down there and get this thing rolling, too. You know, um, it's great. We're rolling along really well. We have the L.A. chapter that's already started and had their first meeting, and now San Diego um, is on to their first meeting. I can't wait. This is going to be amazing. We're going to do such great things. We've already, you know, done some really good things already, and, we've, you know, we've just started. So hopefully we get the membership. People come on down and see what we're all about, and I will be there. So hopefully I'll be, if I haven't met you, introduce yourself to me. All right. Thank you, Wendy. Hey, guys, now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with a fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain, we had some great weather this past week. Were you and your clients able to go out and take advantage of it? Uh, John, we were. We were fishing that window, and it was great. And uh, I'm glad to say that it looks like the next couple of days I'm not booked. But uh, as much as you know me, I love to work. Um you know, there's sometimes when you just got to park the boat. So hopefully the weather lives up to its prediction. Otherwise, if it's beautiful and sunny, then I'm going to feel like I need to be somewhere. <laughs> you know, when uh, we had you on a, a, a couple of weeks ago, you had indicated that the spotted bay bass, you know, if if you go outside, it's a little rough, there's a big swell, or there's weather coming on up, there's uh, always great fishing in San Diego Bay. It looks like your clients have been choosing to go fish San Diego Bay and some of the shallow waters, and you have been putting a hurt on those spotted bay bass, just like you said you would. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I've had some folks that didn't want to venture out, which is actually last week it was pretty nice out there. It wasn't too bad. We had a little rough start at the beginning of the week, but, you know, from then on it seemed like uh, it got nicer. I think you did a trip out, so you you know, tell me how nice it was, but it looked like it started to get nicer as the week progressed. Well, you know, we got pretty lucky, uh, uh, Jim. We went out to the hard bottom on Imperial Beach. We found still clouds and clouds of red crab. Amazing how much red crab that was up there. The fish that we were bringing up that were suspended or that were on the bottom, when we brought them on up and we were releasing them, they were just erping up red crab all over the place. But... (laughs) They're, they're still, uh, you know, even though the rock fishing season is closed and we had a great rock fishing season, there's still a lot of sand bass, there's a lot of calicos, there's a lot of johnny bass, and then obviously halibut and the spotted bay bass in the bay. So the fishing opportunities haven't gone away. It's not time to, to put up that rod and reel radio. It's actually 
a great time to go on out there and, and catch some fish. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And if you know, if you do fish coastal, even in our local kelp, if you're going to drop that lure down there, make sure you have a release tool, a decompression device, something. Uh, you know, I like to use obviously the Rockleys, but you know, use something because you're responsible if that fish doesn't swim down. And right now, that rockfish is closed, and that means you got to get him back down where he's supposed to be, or you're responsible, and you can't just you know grab him and bag him and eat him later. So that's, yep. that's something to be considered about, yep. you know, when you go out there. Um, and in the meantime, if you want to you want to bag your sand bass, go ahead. I mean, but catch and release, there's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure you release them properly. Right. You know, and, and Jim, uh, the uh, using uh, a barotrauma releasing device is such great advice because, you know, when you're out there in the boat, you're uh, normally attracting the seals out there, and God love them. They'll circle you and they'll fish around you and do everything. And if you try to release those fish that have come up from that uh, uh, the depths, they're going to have a hard time getting uh, getting on back, and they'll become nothing but seal fodder. Absolutely. And you know, and like you said, those seals they eat it well enough on their own. They don't need our help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jim. You know, we talked about spotted bay bass. Uh, you know, uh, right now, uh, when you're going on out, how how are you targeting these fish? What are you looking for? Where are you going after them? Uh, uh, what, what kind of structure right now? Well, right now, John, if we could find the bird activity, you'll find the other activity. I think you saw probably on a couple pictures on my website. I took out some fly fishermen. And, you know, we, there's some huge jack smelt in the bay. And if you want something to catch and release, and especially on the fly, I mean, they're fun. And uh, right now, they're not only uh, doing their their annual, or I should say semi-annual spawn that they normally do. They do about twice a year. But they're also chasing around small anchovies. And everything is eating those little bay anchovies. And so if you see bird activity and you find yourself around some jack smelt, well, in and around all that activity is also some bay bass and even a little bit of halibut, too. So that, that's what we're looking for first and foremost, John, is the above the water visual activity and if we don't see that then we're dropping down and it's fish finder fishing just like you were doing the other day out there on on the hard bottom stuff it's the same type of thing so we're fishing we're just looking for stuff on the fish finder and uh finding clouds of fish in the bay and some of these so some of these bodies we're catching on birds that are diving in 12 14 feet of water and then others we're catching 45 feet down just vertically jigging spoons and uh grubs, just anything that we can get down there to them. You know, Jim, has there been any major movement of the fish with this cooler weather that we've had? And and is the uh, uh, the bay water cooling off? And uh, where could these fish, uh, uh, are they staying in place or are they moving now? They're moving a lot, John, and a lot of it has to do with that food. So that's, again, why we're, we're checking out the visual uh, between the birds and the uh, fish finder, just constantly on the move for them. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had two trips two days in a row this last week, and both days were totally opposite directions as far as where we found our fish and how we found them to bite. So you, you just can't you can't rely on on uh, stuff that you got written down in the log or the almanac. You got to get out there and treat each day like it's own new day. But uh, the visual things are definitely. Look for the birds first, and if you don't find them, start looking for deep stuff. And then just keep looking, 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 and it, it's going to move fast and go with it. So 
if you start seeing a fish move, the water did cool down, John, to answer that part of your question. It cooled down quite a bit. There's parts in the bay that are only 54 degrees. That's pretty chilly. Wow. But what that does, especially when it comes to the bay bass, it makes them huddle up together. And so you find them, especially, again, deep, you'll find them in schools. You'll catch 10, 15 fish within minutes. And then they move, and then you got to start all over again. <laughs> so... Needless to say, there are still great fishing opportunities out there, and and especially uh, this year. I, I hope people signed up to get a gift certificate because they're going to really be able to take advantage of that discount you were offering before the New Year, Jim, to go on out with you and and to take one of these trips because I've got to tell you, we're going to be running into another year where it's going to be worth it, whether you're fishing the bay or immediate offshore area. Oh, yeah, absolutely, John. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys got on them at all, but last couple trips I've made just around the point that, you know, there's still bonita out there. You know, and even in 60-something degree water there's or less, there's still bonita schools, you know, within our local kelp. They're a little bit smaller than what we were catching there for a while, but they're there. And if they're hanging around in, you know, 54 to 64 degree water, guess what? They're just going to be in groves when it warms up. You know, I was amazed when we were out there, the amount of sea life. Obviously, we had a few seals out there, but the number of porpoises that were out there, that were out feeding. I I don't know if they're feeding on that red crab or they're feeding on bait or whatever it is, but they were frolicking all over the place. And and it wasn't unusual to have them circling around us or going by us or whatever direction they were going in. And you'd you'd see uh, maybe a couple of dozen of them on a pod, and it it looked like they were feeding because they were moving along pretty good. That's that's fantastic, you know, and that's – It's just so nice to see that kind of life and just know that, you know, even if it seems a little chilly to us or, you know, there's water falling from the sky, it's just good to know that it's not really affecting the aquatic life out there. If if anything, it's probably enhancing what they do, and it's keeping a few of the fair-weather people off the water. So it's not quite the crowds that we normally get uh, between June and October. All right. Hey, Captain Jim. You know, it's coming on up. You say you have a couple open days. You know, we're talking about some storminess out there. But you know what? Those fish don't mind uh, being caught when you're wet. If you want to book to go out with a fish icon to go out on one of these great trips that we're talking about, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, folks could always reach me online. And you know what? I go out if it's, a, if it's raining. You know, I just put on some gear. Um, obviously, if it's something that's unsafe, then we don't do it. But. If it's just raining, drizzly, even if it's, you know, 40 degrees or a little colder, you know, we'll do it. We'll go out there. Uh, so I do have some time available this week, and uh, then there's times throughout the month. So give me a call. It's uh, 619-395-0799. And what I always tell folks, John, this time of year, as long as you're not picky, you'll catch something. Oh, that's for sure. And I think uh, proof of that, all you have to do is go to James Nelson on Facebook, and James, you're always posting pictures of you and your clients with their first catch and keeping us updated on what's happening. Jim, we appreciate you being with us, and we wish you a very successful 2016, and we look forward to your reports throughout the year. Always a pleasure, John, Stan, Wendy. I'll talk to you guys next week, and uh, in the meantime, hopefully you'll have some more stories to tell. All right. Captain James Nelson. All good, amigo. The fish icon. Hey, hey, Stan, before we get to the top of the hour, 
you've you're already talking about fishing the first tournament of the year. We've got a few minutes here. Why don't you tell us what you did? Well, you know, I I stayed home because oh. we have like I don't know for whatever reason uh, up at Casitas if you're locked off up there there you have a choice between now and and June of fishing about uh, so I took okay. the first year off because I just got back from Texas and I had no time to pre-fish. The last time I was up there uh, was the second or the first week of December and uh, ABA started their tournament season. I haven't been on the water for six months because I've been chasing the tuna out there and the, and the salt with everybody else having fun. That lake dropped about 18 feet. They put in some uh, steel rail that you would normally use for runways or something like that in World War II <laughs> to, so you could launch a boat in there. We had a first tournament. That, this was back in December, and I blanked because you couldn't find a fish. Everything I was fishing was high and dry. Uh, the lakes are still dropping. So uh, Juan Bass and Rich Dauber had their first tournament up there. And uh, the Nelson brothers, Billy and Bobby Nelson, did a great job of catching five fish because right now, if you catch a fish, you're a hero. Uh, I know most of the guys that are up there are fishing two or three days at a time and never getting a bite. Wow. So to put five fish in the boat, they had 17 and some change, 17 and a half pounds, a little over 17 and a half pounds, and, uh, and won the tournament. But... They did not get into the, any of the options. Oh, no. And so the guys that finished second place had a six-and-a-half-pound and a, a four-pound fish to back that up, had 11-and-a-half pounds and took second place and took all the money, including big fish money. And that was my little brother, Ken Vanderberg, and my best friend, <laughs> Jeff Larson. Uh, both fished for St. Croix and Maxima, and they did a great job catching just two biggins. Uh, for second place, and it, but and took on all the money, which is a pretty cool deal. The effects of if you're going to fish tournament, guys, you don't go and don't get in the in the options because you just never know. Even if you've never been bit up there, you can get on a bite. I'm pretty sure that's what happened to Billy and Bobby. But they're good fishermen, great guys. We've been fishing with each, uh, against them for years. But the first tournament is over, and and we'll just have to see what goes on from there because most of the tournament circuits they'll take your best six or the best seven tournaments and and throw it in for Angler of the Year, and that's how we're going to go, and that's definitely what I'm going to do during this year. All right. Hey, too. And, and Stan, before we, we break for the top of the hour and bring on our next guest, uh, Jerry McManus, we want to look back to 2015 and acknowledge the passing of a great fisherman who was fishing out of the Las Vegas area, fished a lot of the tournaments as a backseater, did really well. He was one of the former owners of Canyon Plastics, died very, very suddenly and very unfortunate innocent. Jay Pennington, he was a good friend of all of us. We're going to miss Jay. He was a great man, an even better fisherman. And to Jay, Jay, I know you're up there with Gary Garland and uh, uh, Bobby Garland, uh, all of yeah, them. All the guys up there, uh, you know, rest in peace. And, uh, Donahoe. You know, yeah, Pat Donahoe. We just uh, will never forget you're a great man, and I enjoyed not only running tournaments with you fishing it, but also fishing with you. Hey, guys, that's it for the first hour. We'll be back in just a few moments with our next guest, Mr. Jerry McGinnis. If you don't know who Jerry is, you're going to want to stay tuned because we're going to clue you on 
on someone that you should know in the industry. So Stan, Wendy, and I are going to take a break, and we'll be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakie fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons and outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes, and I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT, to the Tour Mag, to the brand new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. We're having a little uh, trouble right now connecting with uh, Jerry McGinnis. We're going to uh, make every attempt that we can to get a hold of him. But, uh, Stan, you just came on back from uh, 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 visiting family in San Antonio. Uh, uh, tell us, uh, did you also check out a few places to go fishing? Well, uh, I am a land baron now in Texas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a... Uh, three acres on a lake, 
uh, called Canyon Lake, which is in between uh, San Antonio and and Austin, Texas. Uh, it's north and east of San Antonio, just about, well, I would say it takes about 40 minutes to get there. Um, and the lake is a lot like Nascimento. <clears throat> it's a river fed, it, the Guadalupe River feeds into the lake at one end, so when it rains, everything in Texas drains into the Guadalupe River, I think, because it fills up quick. It's owned by uh, the state, so the water levels stay pretty consistent year-round. It's got largemouth, smallmouth. Uh, it's got uh, crappie, bluegill, striped bass, white bass, and catfish in it. So you can keep yourself entertained, and, and, and it's got lots of ledges and rocky drop-off edges and stuff like that. So it's pretty entertaining lake, and you're within, uh, from San Antonio, Byron Velvet lives about mm, 15 minutes away from my, my daughter there. And Del Rio is two hours away, so if I really need to, if I'm there and I'm not entertained, I'll get a call to Byron and say, let's go to Del Rio and go play down there. Uh, but Texas is an interesting place, and you fishing with all the different guys that I've I've met down there. They are almost all reaction fish kind of guys. They like to throw a crankbait or a spinnerbait. If they're not turning the handle, they don't know what to do. So when you slow down and you start fishing our style that we fish here in Southern California, where you want to really you know pick something apart, it's pretty much wide open. It's a lot of fun. And the lakes that they have there, and uh, and there's a lot of different lakes that have bigger fish down there that they're just getting used to throwing the swim baits in. And you know, they're they're a large swim bait for them is that four or five inch swim bait, and they're not used to throwing the bigger stuff at them yet. But over the years, where I think I'll train a couple of them here. There's a couple of guys that I've met that uh, are tournament honed fishermen. There's a guy that calls himself the Barefoot Guide down there, and um, and he fishes for Triton. Uh, I went out with him, Captain Charles Whited, and uh, he he is the one. He's a talented fisherman, but he, we talked a lot about what's the difference in what we fish and how we fish here versus the way that they fish there. Now, they uh, they think differently, obviously, than we do in California. We kind of, I think, Southern California is where the the science of fishing really comes into play more here. I think there's more if you really kind of have to break it down. Uh, there's the scientists from I don't care Silicon Valley to to you know the guys at, at uh, Area 51. <laughs> Everybody that makes things happen. There's, there's a lot of brilliance here. When you start to take apart reels and make them work, and you start to take you know rods and make them work better, and then baits and whatever else. We've probably come up with more techniques in Southern California to fish than any other place in the world. And taking the different techniques over to uh, share with these guys that I've met over there is kind of fun because they're going, well, why do you do it like that? And why do you think like this? And what's the presentation? There, there's a, it's a learning curve. I don't care where you go in the world, bass or bass, and they all eat the same way. And now you can get different color patterns because the bait changes. Uh, in different locations, but it's really fun to go to a new area of the country and play because each lake, as we all know, they all have their own personalities. Each each lake has its own sometimes color pattern that they like better than uh, one another. 
Uh, some want bigger baits, some want smaller baits. But it's been really a fun adventure for me to go and play in some new arenas that I've never had a chance to play in before and meet a lot of great people that are in the in- industry and uh, and just kind of putter around and let's see what we can do and let's, you know, show me how you fish and let me show you how I fish, you know, from Southern California with the techniques that we have because, uh, you know, drop shotting and split shotting and all that stuff came from here, not that split shotting wasn't done with heavier weights and the and heavier line back there, Bubba fishing down in San Diego. Um, but it, it's been just tons of fun to learn, you know, the little different things that they like to fish that we don't do here or the way that they approach a lake and how they fish down there has been just an exceptional fun for me. All right. Hey, Stan, thanks for that report. Hey, we have now made the connection with our next guest. Let me introduce them to you. There is a line of credits that I can spend the rest of the night in trying to introduce them. But just uh, to name a few, for 20 years on ESPN, he was the host of The Fishing Hole with Jerry McGinnis. Also, after that, uh, he uh, took on uh, uh, the challenge of uh, getting BASS and Bassmasters in order. And he is also now... He's been a writer for a long time, but he is uh, author of a new book that's out on the market, Bass Fishing, Brown Dogs and Curveballs. Ladies and gentlemen, Southern California, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Mr. Jerry McGinnis. Jerry, welcome to the show. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, hooking up with me and getting getting involved with me this evening. Uh, that was quite a bit, uh, that was quite of an intro there. I thought maybe you was you was talking about somebody else there uh, a time or two, but <laughs> you. But it's really glad to be with you guys. Hey Jerry, you are way too modest. I, I guess for a lot of us that uh, that are involved in fishing and bass fishing, uh, uh, we remember you first from the, the early days on ESPN and the television show that you had. And, and you know, who came first, Jerry McGinnis or ESPN? <laughs> well, actually, um, I went to ESPN before they were ESPN. And and tried to make arrangements to have my show uh, on what was then called the uh, the New England Sports Network, and and we got together and we made a deal. You know, we'll start this next season, and then by the time I actually got on the air, they had decided to do this little ESPN thing, <laughs> and so. I went. Well, I went on very, very close to the beginning, and had a lot of firsts with ESPN, and it's been a wonderful relationship. And I was actually on there for thirty years. You said twenty a minute ago. I was there for thirty years, and uh, and it was a it was just a wonderful experience. As a matter of fact, I'm still very connected with them. Although I retired my show here three or four years ago. Uh, we still do a lot of work for it, for uh, uh, the network, and uh, I'm really proud that I was was there right at the beginning. Well, speaking you know, of the from my begin- side, Jerry, this is Stan. From my side, watching the show as we out here, it came to, to California, and we'd watch the show for for us. It was fun because 
you had a real fisherman doing different styles of fishing in a lot of different locations, which uh, most of the shows are the same thing over and over again. You weren't into that. You did different styles of fishing for different kinds of fish and, and opened up a lot of people's minds for the fishing. Even out here, I talked to several guys over the years that, you know, they you were their, their idol <laughs> back in, in the southern end of the United States there. And, and the guys out here learned a lot about how to fish from watching your show. I, I think you did a great job. And now to, to see you involved with BASS is pretty amazing. I don't know what 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 would make you want to jump into that arena, <laughs> but it's all good. Well, I tell you what, I really did have a lot. I, I had a lot of fun doing my show. Uh, I was um, I worked awful hard at it. I really worked hard to make it a good show, uh, to make it a a just a great uh, a production and, and a good presentation. Back in those days, I shot it on film, and um, and and actually was shooting it on film in the nineties uh, when I quit. And that was just pretty much unheard of, uh, but film really did a lot. Um, seeing a show in film and one in videotape is a completely different uh, animal. Yes, it and, is. Um, and I, I was very fortunate to learn how to do it with film, and it created a whole different thing for me. So it, that, that's very hard to explain. Uh, but but believe me, um, uh, I, I I learned so much from shooting that show on film, and and never did get really involved in videotape. You know, I, I can appreciate that. I do a lot of work with the different shows out here. I've worked with actually Roland Martin and and Hank Parker, a lot of the different guys out here where they did it on videotape, where you can do it two or three times and come back. But with film, that's a whole different ball game, and it takes yeah. a lot more thinking about how you're going to do it before you get started. I really appreciate what you were, were doing. And I, and I think because you, you did such a great job even then, I mean, I can't even imagine doing it on film myself, but you did a phenomenal job of presenting the show that people loved to watch. I mean, you were one of the favorite shows on TV, which was as far as fishing goes. Uh, and that's that says something, especially because that film. Not I. I know a lot of people don't understand that. That's a hard element to get done the right way and make a really great show, and then to continue it when the age of videotape comes in. And now what we've got today, it's, it's a whole yeah. new, new ball game. But you, you well, <laughs> you know, um, I uh, like I said, I really worked hard in the production side of it. I never did think I was very good as a host. And I thought, you know, right from the beginning, and, of course, I was on the air for 15 years before ESPN came along. Um, I, I, it, my, it was syndicated nationally in 100, 150 stations at a, at a time. So I was hard at it. I, and I actually started in about 1963, I believe, 64. Wow. And uh, so I was on, I was fighting it for a long time. But I never thought I was the right host. And I, but I went ahead and kept doing it, and and looked and figured, well, the right guy will come along here one of these, one of these days. And, <laughs> Sorry, and I can I can just get just uh, really zero in on the the production side of it. Well, you know, I got up into the twenty years. <laughs> I thought, you know, what the heck? I might as well might as well ride it on out now. <laughs> uh, but 
well, well, Jerry, as far as being the host and as far as as uh, uh, that side of it, uh, I was very. Um, I just wasn't a. I wasn't a professional at it. I just said, just what you saw and what what you heard me say was that's just about that's just about the way it was. And and as it turns out, I think a lot of people kind of like that. And um, and and so I, I guess I I guess it worked out okay. I would say it did, Jerry. I think everybody liked watching Jerry McGinnis just be himself and, and have fun at fishing because it really sold fishing to a lot of people out here, in the West especially, that that watched your show and wanted to go and learn how to fish. You can't imagine uh, how many guys I know that, that, you know, watched your show and just being you was good enough to change the, their attitude about maybe going out and trying the, the sport. So oh, nothing great. but kudos. That's great. That, thank you so much. Hey, Jerry, we got to take a break right now. Is there any way we can talk you into staying a little bit longer with us? And Shoot, fine. You know what? I'm sitting here in my car because I was kind of afraid the battery was going to go down on my cell. And so I'm sitting here with my little dog and uh, plugged into the power. I can, I can sit here forever for you. <laughs> well... You know what? We hope it doesn't seem like that when uh, we're sitting there talking with you, but we do got to take a commercial break right now, and uh, we will get back to you because I've got questions to ask you about your new book, and there are many questions to ask you about BASS and Bassmasters. So we appreciate you spending some time with us on this that's Sunday my, night. That's great. That hey, is great. My, my pleasure. Hey, you're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM540 or at Rod Real Radio. Com. We're speaking with Jerry McGinnis, Stan Vandenberg, Winnie Toshihara, and myself. We've got to take a break right now, but we'll be back after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. 
Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Hey, it's our pleasure. Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Choshar, and myself. To have with us author, TV host, and co-owner of BASS, Mr. Jerry McGinnis. Jerry, thank you again for being with us. No, it's a it's a real pleasure. I'm glad to I'm really glad to visit with you. Well, we do appreciate that. You know, Stan kind of made mention of it. You know, you spent so long in television. You were involved with ESPN and in their formative years, and grew up with them. How did you make the transition to BASS, especially with an organization that had such an iconic figurehead as Ray Scott? Well, uh, you know, I was I was with Ray and was with uh, BASS uh, right from the beginning, uh, not in in this capacity, but I, I I probably fished the first dozen tournaments back in the had uh, been in the late sixties. And was uh, you know I, I was just around it a lot at the at the beginning, and then of course my my television career really got uh, got to growing and and taking a lot of uh, needing a lot of love and 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 so I went that direction. Uh, but golly, I followed bass and all and knew most all the anglers and um, uh, was felt like I was pretty close to it uh, all along. And then ESPN bought Bass. Um, that would have been probably 15 years ago. And uh, it, they had it for several years, and it it, it just wasn't a good fit for them. Uh, BA, uh, uh, ESPN was just not really able to do a lot of the things that 
was needed to operate bass. Uh, as big and powerful and, and, uh, and successful as they are, um, it, it just wasn't working real good. And so they came to me, and they came to Don Logan, who and who and both of us were, of course, very close to ESPN and all the all the main people there. And, and they basically asked us to, uh, hey, how can we work together here and and um, uh, fix it where you guys own Bass, and and we'll continue to be your television partner, and we'll be we'll have your back, and and. See if you guys can take off with it. So that and that happened five years ago, and and for the first, well, you know, at the at the very beginning, it just scared the fire out of me, man. Um, <laughs> <and> yeah, <laughs> we we actually, boy, well, we scraped and scrounged for for several years, and and the, and the business was not in great condition. And we turned it back around and got it going straight, uh, uh, turned the Internet into just the mo- most powerful outdoor Internet uh, uh, website uh, on, on, in the outdoor world that there is. And our events kept getting better and bigger and, you know, just one thing uh, after the other. Uh, it just kept growing. We developed our Elite Series um to the point where it just is the top of the line in competitive bass fishing, and everything else that we do kind of plays off of that. And and so we have finally got it to a point where uh, now we can, at least our thinking is that we can now start start growing and start doing some different things. And as a matter of fact, last year we started um, presenting our a lot, a, a great portion of our elite series was live on the internet, and that was an absolute first. And and it just went over like gangbusters, like you would imagine, uh, to be able to sit there on your internet and watch these guys fish live uh, was just has just really been been great. And and this coming year, we think we're going to be bigger and better at it. Uh, so. So that's a big part of our growth, and you know that that's kind of it in the in the nutshell. We we still got lots of work to do, and and uh, man, you know, about five years ago, I thought. Well, actually, about seven or eight years ago, I had stopped doing my fishing show, and I thought I was retiring, and and. That didn't last. I, I was a complete failure at that. <laughs> and, and all it was, I'm right in the middle of bass and, and hard at it again. Uh, but, uh, man, I, I enjoy it. I, I, um, I love the people, love the people at bass, love all the anglers. And, uh, man, I, I'm just uh, real happy with the way everything's going. You know, Jerry, watching the guys, when the guys changed – the elite series. When I remember talking with Kevin Van Dam, he goes, "I don't want to have the guy in the back of the boat that knows more than the guy in the front of the boat teach him how to fish and end up winning uh, the the tournament because he didn't know what to do." Um, the uh, um, the guys that were they were fishing the elite series really changed what they were doing and what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it and. 
And that was the start of it. And having ESPN to kind of now follow the guys that were fishing mono on mono, you know, man to man, uh, without somebody in the back of the boat, changed the the whole of the fishing industry a little bit. Because prior yeah, to we that, it was Marshall back there now, uh, and and I I just can't tell you how how popular that is, and how how many people are on lists in line to be marshals at these tournaments that just uh we we just fill the field instantly and and the guys learn so they, of course they sit in the back of the boat and watch all day long and boy do they with the greatest bass fishermen in the world and man do they ever learn a lot and and so and, and so that has that has been pretty successful and and the guys uh, not fishing with the with against another competitor right in the boat with them does make it a lot better. Oh, it does. It changed the face of, of of bass fishing tremendously, and especially since they could put it on TV and follow the individual, not the two guys fishing, but the individuals fishing against each other head to head made a big difference. And and uh, I think what they've and going forward with this, you know, we see it in more and more uh, on the different circuits with FLWs trying to get their thing going. But, but it's made the the bass fishing industry, you know, the, I think it's done great things for the pros because the pros that can afford to get there and can get the the sponsorship and fish in the elite series and and get to that that level of fishing, uh, it really changes their life and it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, well, that's great. I I really appreciate that. Uh, uh, I, I feel like you're just right on in everything you're saying there. Yeah, uh, Jerry, uh, BASS has taken what, you know, some people at uh, one time may have thought were guys that were fishing backwaters. They brought them on to national prominence, and they gave them a lot of them, uh, you know, all the guys we know today almost, uh, a way to make a, a great living to not only fish in these events where there's a certain amount of sustainability to uh, be able to fish and, and go on and fish the next one, but then to have the national exposure and be viable enough to uh, sponsors that the sponsor think this individual is worth bringing on and exposing my product throughout the, the nation. And, and BASS was really, it seemed to be the first big platform that could make this industry go, and I know it's because of your love of the bass fishermen. Well, I I um, I agree again with him. Uh, ESPN has been a big, big part of that. Um, it, it, I, I'm telling you what, 10, 10 years ago, fifteen years ago, I bet you didn't know five, six, eight anglers, and now. Uh, there's five or six or eight or that are just flat superstars, especially in the outdoor world. And you probably know 40 or 50 anglers. So we've, we've worked really hard to get these guys exposure and, uh, and, it, and it's working. It's just working. We have, in, in order for it to keep growing, we have to make a few more superstars we we need a few more skeet reese and kevin van dams and 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 we're getting them and and if we can keep going and keep doing that and and then providing this platform where these guys can make a living because there's come on there i'm well aware of it there's still a lot of guys out there that really suffered 
trying to trying to make it, trying to get sponsorship and win a few bucks uh, on the events. But uh, if it's getting better and better, and the guys are starting to realize that it's not necessarily in purses where they're going to make a living, and they're learning to be, and they and they're becoming better marketers, and they're com- becoming smarter and and more knowledgeable how to sell themselves to sponsors and and uh, and different people in our and and so that's that's what's that's where all the growth is coming from. Well, not only that, uh, uh, Jerry, uh, you know, Stan, Wendy, and I, we have a chance to talk to a lot of the professionals on the tour. And, and one of the things they're always saying is they're looking back and they say, this new crop of kids that are coming up are really good. And it's really hard to fish because of the fact that there's a lot more great fishermen than there are out there. And then the other thing that you're worrying about is now you have other organizations that are trying to emulate what BASS is doing. So you're also competing for the attention of these fishermen too, so you can make BASS grow. Right. And I, you know, I I have to, I have to say, I don't worry too much about uh, other people um, emulating what we're doing. We, we have, our organization or our elite series, you have to qualify to get in them. You can't just come out and and come up with a, uh, enough money to to uh, enter, and you're off and running. You have to qualify, and it's really hard to do that. And we only take a hundred anglers, and so each year, uh, five, six, seven don't make it, and we've got. Uh, five, six, seven over in the the opens that have qualified, and so they come over, and and we and that's been going on now for several years. And man, now we're every year we every year we say this is the best hundred that there's ever been, and and then the next year you know a couple of new guys are added, and all at once it's the best hundred we've ever had. But right now it is it is pretty boy it's pretty salty. You you've got you better be on your toes to compete with these guys because they are really good. You know, watching all the young guys, I have to agree because I've been fishing the tournaments forever, uh, and and. I mean, I, Aaron Martins and Skeet Reese, all Aaron Martins had to grow up fishing against us out here in, in the West here with him and his mom. Uh, and they've, he's done a right. great job of, of, of growing into the sport and actually being able to speak <laughs> in the sport, which is something that they have to do, what you were talking about before. You have to be able to be uh, a representative of not only you, but of your sponsors in a professional manner. And now yep. you've got these kids where the colleges are actually having, uh, you know, the, the team uh, uh, bass fishing against each college where the kids are getting educated and going to, to school at the same time where they can get, they can learn how to bass fish and speak. Yeah, they're, they're even getting scholarships in some, in some schools. Yeah, I mean, that, that's changed. That's going to help change our, our sport. And if you can't be involved with our sport in the top end and not be able to represent yourself and market yourself and your products that you represent. So it's really changing, I think, ESPN and, and BASS, all of these people that are involved with this are changing the face of, of our bass fishing 
uh, ongoing here for actually better because it'll help promote our sport. Uh, absolutely. Boy, you got it. All right. Hey, hey, Jerry, uh, uh, I still want to talk a little more with you because we haven't even gotten into your your book and, and maybe find out a little bit more about what you envision bass being in the future. Can you stay with us uh, just oh, one sure. more segment uh, and yep. uh, talk with uh, our audience a little more? I sure can. I'll be right here. All right. Hey, <laughs> I love it. Stan, Wendy, and I, we have Jerry McGinnis with us. And for those of you that have been uh, living in a cave for the past 40 years or so, you know Jerry as a, a TV host, author, and uh, part owner of BASS. Hey, we got to take a break right now, but we'll be back after these messages with more of Jerry McGinnis. Please stay tuned. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler aged to earth. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate Talk Like a Pirate Day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a roomy, comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure Venture 2 online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshahar. If you missed any of Rod Reel Radio tonight, you can just go to rodreelradio.com. Hit the archive 
and go right to the date of tonight's show, or you can go to your favorite app, and you can uh, uh, download us on uh, on your iPad. So uh, great way to listen to us if you can't get all of the show. And we have with us Jerry McGinnis, talk show host, author, and uh, part owner of BASS. And, and Jerry, you know, God, there's so many things we can talk to you about with BASS. Just just to look into the future, you know, BASS, when it was on ESPN, it, it seemed like uh, the ratings were going down, the interest was going down, but you've really taken the bull by the horns, and you've really done some things to bring this uh, back to us fishermen. And, and tell us a little bit about what you've done. Well, you know, I told you a minute ago that last year we um, um, started covering the uh, the event live on the internet, and and I'm telling you, in the it, it's not going to going to be very long before some of that stuff goes to television, and it's and and what we're doing on the internet is getting bigger and stronger um, as well, so. Uh, we started it last year, and we intend to improve it each year as we go along. And I, I just think that's a big, a really big part of the future. Who would have thought uh, a few years ago that I could have told you that you can watch uh, Aaron Martin's fishing Lake Martin in an event uh, live on your telephone? Who would have ever? Thought no kidding. Can you believe that? And and here we are. We're doing it, and it's going to get bigger, and it's going to get better. And and uh, you know, I just think that that type of stuff, the tech. Although I'm not a technology guy, you know, I, as I told you, I'm sitting in my car with my telephone plugged into the to the uh, dashboard here, just simply because I screwed up. And didn't and let my battery run down, and then lost my cable to uh, hook it up in the house. <laughs> That's why we love Jerry McGinnis so much. This is true Jerry McGinnis right here. <laughs> that is man. I'm I'm a real I'm an honest and good as dummy. I'm telling you, but I, but I, I'm not a uh, I'm I'm really ignorant about the technology. The only good thing about me is that I know that it's there. I I. I acknowledge it. I know that that's what we got to get better at, and that's where our sport is really going to grow. And uh, and so I'm right in the middle of it. Well, you know, who would have thought, just like you're saying, <laughs> that uh, ten years ago you could tell somebody, you know, they're going to be watching Bassmasters or ESPN on the phone because that's what all the kids do. I mean. All of them use their phone. I can't read my phone. Right? I have to wear glasses to read my phone. But everybody is on the phone watching TV or watching what was, or they're on the Internet watching it live on their phone in their lap. I mean, everywhere they go, it's an amazing technology. And I think, you know, you're, you're right. I don't get it either. I'm not a techie kind of guy, but I, I've succumbed to the fact that, you know what, that really makes the world go around, and you got to be ahead of it. So yeah, that's kudos right. for you, and guys. That we've been we've been talking about growing fishing for a hundred years. They're always talking about, hey, we got to grow fish. We got to get the kids interested in it. We got, and then they turn around and they and the outdoors in general does things like they've been doing them for a hundred years. 
the kids don't like that anymore. I, I shouldn't say they don't like it. They don't. That, that's not what. That's not how they've been raised. And so we have to go to this technology and start start bringing it down and and getting it in front of the the high school kids. Yeah. And then uh, you know, five or ten years from now, boy, that stuff is really going to pay off. Well. Jerry, uh, uh, one of the things I've enjoyed, and I don't understand how you did this, because juggling all the balls that you're juggling, while all of this is happening, you're also an author, and you've just come out with your new book. In fact, last time we had you on, it was just uh, just released, Bass Fishing, uh, uh, Brown Dogs, and Curveballs. Tell us what this is all about. I've got a copy. I've read the book, and thank you very much for signing it for me, but... Tell our listeners about a little bit about the book and how it's doing. Well, uh, first of all, I, I cringe when you you keep saying I'm an author. I'm not an author. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just wrote a book. I, <laughs> uh, I, I, that's the first time I ever did anything quite like that. And and my my the people around me kept. Uh, becoming, they they got tired of me telling stories that, you know, they would say, my gosh, you got to write that down, Jerry. One of these days you're going to be gone and nobody's going to know that and so on and so forth, you know. And then I wanted my kids to know a lot of, about that, and my kids and my close friends. So I decided to write this book when it got out of hand. <laughs> and when, when, I, when I wrote it, I... I absolutely did write it. I wrote it myself. No one helped. No one helps me. Uh, I write on a on a on a white tablet with blue lines. You know, just a ledger tablet with a pencil. That's all I ever do. And and I wrote a hundred thousand words. And and it just you know again it was kind of like my TV show. I I I just things like I, you know, just like I knew them, I, I, and, and, you know, nothing fancy, and people have just gone crazy about that. They just say, Jerry, you, you just write exactly like you talk, and and we just feel like we're right, reading the book, and you're right there with us as we're reading it, and, and it, you know, if, if I do say so myself, in our sport, in the in for the outdoor world, it's probably as good a book as you're ever going to read. Especially if you're interested in the history, because I'm I'm in there uh, obviously telling you how I got here, and what I went through to get here, and and tried to stress that other people can be successful too if they'll uh, pay attention to their path and. And make good decisions. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not saying you're going to uh, have a television show, or you know, and, and go the same path I did. But everybody's got an adventure and and a path that they're on, and and uh, you should be proud of it and 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 be smart on it. And and I I tried to tell a lot in there. And then on the side, I had stories about me and Bobby Knight and me and. Bill Dance, you know, me and Bill Dance fished together when we were, I guess, 20. Uh, I'm probably a year or two older than Bill. I was probably 21, 22, and he was around 20. And uh, <clears throat> we fished together for 
for years before anybody had a clue in the world who we were. And and the same thing with Forrest Wood. Man, I, I met Forrest when I was maybe 19, and he was 23 or 24, and we just I just grew up together with these these type people. And and I was and and I I say that, and and I want you to know that I was just. Last, I was just a lucky son of a gun, man. I was in the right places at the right times, and 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 just truly, truly blessed. But but I, I had a wonderful life, and that's what that book is about. Well, and you it's and also Ernest Hemingway would I have a, a lot in association uh, doing your manuscripts in freehand on a, on a tablet. So you're in pretty rarefied. Uh, 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 company there, uh, uh, Jerry. But you know your title kind it 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 it's kind of deceiving in a way. Uh, where do the curveballs come from? Well, of course, I played my I played professional baseball when I was uh, right out of high school. And during high school, I was a whiz bang uh, baseball player, and that was a part of my life. And I I learned an awful lot there. And 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 then when I way went away to play prof- professionally. I learned an awful lot, and I failed, and and that was a part of my life. If I had not have failed, I would not have met Forrest Wood. If I had not miss, met Forrest Wood, I probably would have never got in the television. You know, I can just, I can just. <laughs> just line it out for you, and, and just show you where. If I had done this, I wouldn't have done that. But but anyhow, the, to answer your question, that's where the curveballs come from. I'm I was a, when I was a kid, I was a baseball nut. I'm uh, 78 years old, and I'm still a baseball nut. <laughs> well, you know, so that, that that that's just part of my life. Just like brown dogs, uh, uh, my darn little weenie dogs, and I got one sitting right here. Um, wondering what in the world we're doing out here in the dark. Uh, in this car, <laughs> talking talking on a phone, yeah. talking you on know, a telephone. But that, but the title just really tells which all about me. And of course, the the first line is bass fishing, and that's that's uh, what it's been been about mostly. You know, Jerry, that's a that's a great life story too. Because whether or not you're a bass fisherman or a musician, I mean, you can be very good at those particular endeavors. But you may not be able to make it to the the professional level. You know, all musicians uh, don't become rock stars, and uh, all bass fishermen don't become elite pros, and and some of them can't make it. But that doesn't mean it's time to quit. There's always something to do and to keep on going and doing what you love. And you're the quintessence of that. From at a very young age, you love baseball and. Baseball maybe didn't love you back as much, and and you decided to do something else. Well, that that's right. I, you know, I I realized that at that young age, I wasn't smart enough to know. I I can realize a lot of these great steps that that I was able to make now. Looking back, then I didn't know. I I was like, good night. How how I'm I'm being released from baseball my life is over what is the matter with, is there a god of fucking heaven don't you know i want to play baseball well you know that i think you said it right there i think i think that god's own program is he's got the program and i don't but but the, when you were said you're blessed to be involved with the sport and in the industry and and you have had 
such a, uh, a phenomenal run uh, of popularity with people just because they like Jerry McGinnis. And that really is all I, I think it's worth its weight in gold that the the people that we know that watch the show, uh, you 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 captured their heart by just being Jerry McGinnis. And then oh, to go great. on to be involved with the professional end of the sport where the guys already, you'd already captured their heart and they knew that you had their best interest at heart, you know, and, and going forward here, it's nothing but good. Uh, from my side as a fishing professional, if you want to call it that, uh, it's been a fun road and I am blessed like you. I never got a chance because I had a business to run, couldn't run out with the pros and go. Uh, on the elite side, but it would have been fun to do that. But to be involved, like you, you said, you know, you just gone forward and forward, and you know, a door opened, and and you went through it, and it's continued to open. I I hope only for your success, because all of us that know Jerry McGinnis and what you've been through and your knowledge going forward with BASS, I think it's nothing but good. Wow, God. I don't. I don't hardly know what to say. What a what a wonderful thing to tell somebody. Well, Thank Jerry, you so why much. don't you tell us at least uh, your book, uh, Bass Fishing, Brown Dogs, and Curveballs? Where can we get a hold of co- a copy if we don't already well, have it? Well, you know, you know, the, all you have to do is go to the uh, to your uh, computer and type in Jerry'sBook.com. Jerry'sBook.com. Yeah, I said. Folks, make this is make it so easy that I could actually find it. So that's <laughs> so that's what they did. Uh, and Jerry, you go to, I know you're very accessible. Uh, I know you're active on Facebook when you can. You're driving around the country and doing a lot of things. But uh, people can get a hold of you. Uh, do you have a website too that if people want to find out more about what you're doing, they can go to? Well, you know, I think the best thing to do is go to my Facebook site. Um, and then, because no, I don't have. I really don't have a a website. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> you, can, you can go to Facebook. You can go to Jerry'sBook.com, or you can go to Bassmaster.com, and uh, probably round me up somewhere in there. All right. Well, Jerry, I can't thank you enough on behalf of Wendy and Stan and our entire listening audience. You know, we could keep this going for another hour because of the fact that it's like uh, digging in a gold mine. All of a sudden, there's a new nugget or a new vein. And we want to thank you for taking the time to be with us. Okay, let's do it again sometime, guys. Thank Thank you, you. Jerry McGinnis, and have a happy, happy New Year. Same to you. Jerry, if we don't see you at one of the Bassmaster events, we look forward probably to seeing you at ICAST, okay? Okay. Thanks for the deal. All righty. Bye-bye. Hey, hey, guys, that's the show for tonight. Thanks a lot. Good show. How cool is that? That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and everyone, we want to thank you for listening. On behalf of Woody Toshihara, Stan Vandenberg, JR, our AM540 engineer, Ben Harvey, that does a lot of the local work for us here. And always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Captain Eddie McEwen that gave us this fabulous, fabulous uh, uh, legacy that is Rod and Real Radio. We appreciate you all taking a little bit of your Sunday night to be with us. I know there's a lot of things you could do. There's also, should be still a great football game on. Second half is coming on up, so you can get to it now. So on behalf of all of us, 
get out there and get fishing because, man, they're still biting. Stay safe. We look forward to seeing you on the water until next Sunday night on AM 540 or at com, starting at 5.05 p.m. Good night, everybody. We're out for now. By a shady, weighty pool.